win in the end against Fiji, something to build on against Australia. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear about one of the Wales top wheelchair rugby events coming to the Prince Party Stadium. Look at the Wales women's campaign, 2-2 so far. And we'll start at the Prince Party Stadium with Australia, the fourth and final visitors, as Wales just about have enough players to meet the challenge. Wales coach Wayne Pivak, you win some, you lose some. Some players returning from injury and others ruled out. The concussions that we've had, we had uh, three last week. So the two Wills, uh, Will Griff John and Will Rollins, both were ruled out uh, within our own medical group and coaching group. So the short turnaround, uh, we didn't pursue that one at all. In terms of uh, Franny, he's seeing an independent consultant this evening. So he's been named on the proviso that he comes through that process, failing that. We've obviously been training with a plan B all week. But it is good to have players back. There's no doubt about that. Aaron Wainwright, you know, Wynn's been doing a lot of hard work over the last couple of weeks, has been training really, really well. So he jumps into loose head with, you know, the workload that obviously young Reese carries had has been quite big in terms of his international experience. So what is plan B? Is that involve Wynn Jones moving over to the tight head of Nick? Uh, we've got a couple of options. That is one of them, yeah. And obviously Dylan Lewis is there. So uh, we have the, uh, the opportunity, if need be, to bring somebody else in around about half of uh, this team and a couple more of the bench have had injury and fitness issues through this campaign just how fit is everyone for this final game yeah look it's been a challenging week for the players um management it's been three big very physical matches at a time of the season where preparation probably wasn't the best that we would have liked the players would have liked so they, they put in a lot of effort in the last four weeks so there's light at the end of the tunnel for the boys. We've got one big match to go. We've given them a good rest this week. So today's the first big training day. Very, very short training week, but uh, we'd like to think that everyone knows their roles. So it's about freshening them up for one more big effort. It's going to be pretty physical. You've gone for Seb Davis in the in the second row. You're obviously short of numbers there. Ben Carter on the bench. Just explain that selection. Yeah, a couple of things, really. Seb's been going well. We've been asking him to do a role at six. Obviously, second row is well known to him. So he's been training well. And with the injury to Will, uh, we felt that he brings a little bit of size and experience. And young uh, Ben will come off the bench at some stage if required. And uh, he's been calling line out. So, uh, you know, if something happened to Adam, he's the the ready-to-go replacement. We also liked what uh, Chris brought to the game last week. Full of energy, made a heck of a lot of tackles in a short space of time. And we just think uh, putting him out in another big game will be great for him and we'll learn a lot more about him and he'll learn a lot more about this level of, uh, of rugby. Centre pairing, they're both impressed last weekend. No Jonathan Davis, just explain the thinking in midfield. Yeah, well, it's probably the last opportunity. We had a good chat with Jonathan. Obviously, he'd love to be out there playing. You know, 90-odd caps and uh, one away from 100 test matches altogether combined with the British and Irish Lions. So, Look, we know what we know about Jonathan. We wanted to have a look at Willis earlier in the competition. We weren't able to because of the COVID uh, incident. So he came off the bench last week, did a lot, and we want to see him in his first start to see how he goes. So we think he's he's earned the right to get a start, and Nick played well last week. So uh, we're going to have a look at that combination. What do you make of Australia? They're obviously desperate to avoid a third defeat. It's more than 50 years since they'd have lost to Scotland, England and Wales. So Dave Rennie, someone you also know incredibly well what do you make of them as opponents this weekend they'll be very very dangerous for the reasons that you've just alluded to uh, and also the fact that Dave Rennie like any coach very proud man and he will want to rectify those losses but if you look at them on their own if you look at the game against Scotland I thought they were desperately unlucky not to to have won that game 
So take that game out of it. England at Twickenham, we all know, is a very, very difficult opponent. So they've come off a long season. They'll be uh, looking at it like us, I suppose. One more big effort. So knowing Dave, he'll have them wound up and they'll be on the edge, as the Dave Rennie sides always are, playing right on the edge. If you win it, does it make it a decent autumn? If you lose it, then the sort of problems have exposed you a bit too much. Oh, look, I think... um, uh, it is what it is. We've had the group that we've had to work with and uh, it's been opportunities when we've lost some senior players. Obviously, that would hurt any side. But it's great opportunities for players that have come in and some of them have done very, very well. So that's been a massive positive, you know. And to come up against the world champions and probably conditions that suit them, I think um, that was a huge, huge effort by our players, in particular the forward pack, you know, who are probably the, the most damaged in terms of loss of experience. And then to turn around and play that game against Fiji, which is always a very difficult opponent, very physical opponent. But I think a win is what we're after. And if we got a win on the weekend, we'd look at it as a successful campaign. Josh Adams, obviously, he's come back in. He's a key player for you. Obviously, Carthur Achilles, he's a speed athlete. Any concerns for the weekend or you think it'll be all right? He's training today. We've named him on the basis that he'll come through training the vices that he should. So um, he's been named and uh, I'm hoping like everybody else's that Josh uh, comes through that because he's an important part of our side. You'll look at the bench and realise that obviously there's an opportunity to use Josh at some stage in the second half into the midfield, uh, and that's certainly something we'll possibly look to do. Just on the midfield, you mentioned Jonathan Davis there on 99 caps. Obviously, uh, no sentiment involved, but do you think he can get that 100 in the Six Nations and in 2022 for you? Look, I have no doubt, and we've spoken to Jonathan about that. He's just as hungry as he was uh, after his first or second cap, so... Look, he desperately wants to play for his country. He knows he's got more to give. He will go back to club rugby and look to uh, force his way back into the side. And of course, no one would bet against him reaching that century mark. Part of the competition for places in midfield is Saracen's Nick Tompkins. He started against Fiji when Josh Adams strained a calf in the warm-up. So, what was it like in those last few minutes before kickoff? A bit rushed? Yeah, been in situations like that before, so it's not... It's not too mental, but Josh Adams, in the morning, he kind of mentioned to me, he said he's feeling his Achilles a little bit. So I had a little bit of a heads up. And then it was uh, after the warm-up. I had my other shirt, my 23, ready to go. I was I was there, so I was uh, <laughs> I had to swap it pretty quickly. And don't really have time to think about it, so just get, get on with it. So it was, uh, yeah, it's one of those. Lucky of similar sizes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was surprised. I was, I, I, the preparation was brilliant. Rather famously, there was a case where Tom Shanklin came in in the last minute and uh, against Ireland, and they were a bit surprised. He got on the pitch and the Irish played. What the hell are you doing here? Was, was there any reaction from the Fijians who weren't expecting to see you? No, no, no. no. They, don't, they don't really say much. They just smile and then hit you very hard. That's, that's the kind of Fijian way. It's very friendly until they're actually tackling you. And then they, but yeah, no, it, was, uh, it was all just pretty straightforward. You had an inkling, as you say, but still that preparation's disrupted. You then came on and played pretty well. Was that because your mind was clear almost? You didn't have the build-up? How did that work for you mentally? I mean, uh, the best way, to be honest, uh, realistically, the best way you do it, you have to prepare that you're playing. And I suppose that's what I did. I prepared both positions kind of thing. You just, it's the only way you really can do it is you just got to go prepare for you. You're going to play. You got in my mindset, I'm going to get on anyway. So you got to know everything you got to know. So I was kind of, you just always got to prepare like you're in that situation, really. As you say, the Fijian centres were, were pretty large, to say the least, but I suppose it shows the benefits of quick feet and tight spaces as well for yourself and Elise when he came on as well. Yeah, well, especially for me. That's, I've 
you try to make a career out of that? I, I learned very early on that not to run straight into people like that and, and just kind of you work to your strengths. So I think that's what I'm definitely trying to do. Sounds like you're enjoying this autumn series and, and you signed your Saracens contract just before getting your first cap. So yeah, you've got quite a long-term future. How's it working still playing over in England, coming back, getting all the games that you are? I suppose I can only speak from my personal opinion, but um, I mean, it, for me, it's, it's been fantastic. Um, obviously grew up at Saracen, so I, I know the system very well. And the loan deal was brilliant for me, but then being able to go back as well and, and be with people I've grown up with, coaches, players and stuff has been fantastic. And I've been able to really enjoy some a good amount of playing time beforehand, before coming into this awesome internationals. And I'm really enjoying that. And, and, and I've been, and the team has been doing well. So, I mean, it's, it's worked wonders for me. I've kind of I've, I've coming into these automatic internationals, well played, got a lot of minutes. So I'm pretty happy with my form at the moment. Just trying to carry on, really, and just trying to bring whatever I can to the team, training and games. So I've been really happy with that and, and been a good transition so far. And do you have a decision to make at some point or is your Saracens deal long term enough not to worry for a while? I won't have to think about it for the moment. I just kind of wanted to take that problem out of the equation. Um, just kind of focus on myself, focus on the rugby I'm at and be pretty settled. So you never know what the future's going to hold. So we'll, we'll see when it kind of comes to it. But um, now it's fairly long term. So uh, I'm, I'm with Sarah for a good amount of time. And just finish on Australia. In some ways, it's uh, a similar task to maybe last Sunday. Yeah, it is. They're free from rugby. They work hard. They move the ball a lot. Um, so it's going to be a lot of running, a lot of playing, a lot of probably ball on fit on the field. So that's a really good challenge. It's nice because I feel like we've had different challenges every every week, really. From I wasn't involved in the New Zealand game, but they're fairly open. Um, and then you have the South African challenge where it's physical. You've got the Fijian challenge where it's also physical, but they can offload and they've got a bit of bag of tricks. So it's brilliant, really. It's nice. Because you, you don't get those tests in sometimes Prem Rugby or other things. You, it's it's one of those things where you, you kind of know what's coming. But this one, it's it's fresh, it's different. Um, so it's exciting, really. We desperately want to finish this on a high. We're obviously, with the, it's a different group, and it, but it shows that if there's depth like that, then it's pushing players that are maybe would be in harder. And then it's only going to get better for a national team. It's only going to get better for a squad. So for me, you can only really look at it as a positive. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. On to Wales Women now and after that opening win against Japan, their autumn series really took off with a fine win against South Africa. It's another step up with Canada this weekend. Sunday late afternoon at Cardiff Arms Park. Captain Sean Lillicrap welcomed the change of mood which comes with winning. It's a huge relief almost but the feeling in camp and you know, seeing the opportunities we create, some of the opportunities we execute, you know, the confidence has, has really growing week upon week. Before that first Japan game, it was almost probably a bit of added pressure with everything that was out in the press and the positive stuff that's happening. And we haven't won for two years, which, you know, was not a great feeling. But, you know, we stuck together as a squad, got, got through that and, you know, we've come out the other end. But you're only as good as your, your last performance. So, you know, is a... Good game against Japan, a, a good game against South Africa, but it's all eyes on Canada now and how we, you know, go to that next level again and, you know, keep people talking about us positive and keep that positive environment and confidence in, in our camp throwing performance. And that's the important bit. 
and Canada then ranked third in the world. I mean, if you can push them, you know, it, it would be seen as a real achievement. We got to believe in on uh, Saturday after the game on Sunday, you know, on reflection and, and feeling how that performance went. And we entered there 22, 25 times, which, which is huge. We spent a huge amount of time there. So we've got to take absolute confidence from that. And I'm just super excited to get back into training with the girls now and finish our prep for Canada. Behind closed doors, we know really how good we are as a squad. And it's just about being able to demonstrate that now. But it's, it's a building process, isn't it? So we took a huge step forward against Japan, another step forward against South Africa. And, and the important thing for us is we concentrate on our performance, concentrate on those review points and put in another performance against Canada. And anything can then happen on the day. So that's what we've got to set our focus on. And look, we're really enjoying each other's company in, in camp. We're really enjoying what the coaches are bringing forward for us and challenging us. The feeling that we've got at the moment is one we probably haven't had for some time. And everyone's enjoying each other's company because we're performing on the training field, which makes us be able to enjoy it off, off the field as well. So the important message for us as a squad is, you know, we've got to keep working hard, reviewing but enjoying as well, playing at the same time. I think we're all enjoying this game plan and, and how we're executing certain moves and creating opportunities, getting in the 22. You know, I, I haven't seen stats like that for us for a long time with Wales. So that's the type of rugby we want to play and that's exciting rugby. We don't want to spend all game on the back foot defending. So, you know, this is huge for us. And the biggest thing is we don't stand still either. We don't take backward steps. We keep driving forward and with everything else that's happening off the field as well. And, you know, we know where we, we stand as players with our consistency and in, in coaching and management now for, for the year ahead, which is massive for us. It just settles any uncertainty and we can really grow and learn. And that's the important bit. If I can just take you back to the Six Nations then, if, can you pinpoint or, or elaborate on any major things or little things that have changed since then, really, whether it's something the coaches have brought in or maybe senior leadership team have, have decided to change things up a little bit? The reality is it's a combination of everything. I think where we, we are at in knowing our future, essentially, with the consistency, as I mentioned, in management, but also, you know, what the coaches have brought in. We've got a consistency with Geraint Lewis there, but, you know, Johan's essentially new come in and hasn't been with us long either. And then the addition of Richard from an attack point of view is is massive as well. And I said, knowing that, you know, this is going to be our, our coaching team moving forward. We're enjoying the way that we're training and playing is a huge bonus as well. You know, we come off the field and we're really happy. You know, we're, we're buzzing, we're excited about things that we've done on the field and, you know, the developments that we've had during that session as well. Just confidence in that and knowing that's consistent. It's confidence in everything that's happening behind the scenes. You know, we had that independent review and changes. We've already seen changes happen um, and honest conversations happen with with Nigel and, and Steve and the honesty that they've given us as, as a player group and you know the public announcements that have happened over recent weeks to go with that and the stuff that's happening off the field is evolving and changing all the time and I think as a player group we got trust in that now as well because we're, we're seeing it come to life so you know that just settles uncertainty and it just settles an, an environment because we kind of know and trust where our, our futures go in which just helps performance you know the reality is we're there to play rugby and we want to do that jersey and those three feathers proud so I think everything off the field has helped us be able to do that as well over recent weeks which is which is massive you know as players we we don't want to 
be worried about other things that are out of our control. So that's kind of been taken out of our hands because we're being told, you know, we're doing this, we're going to help you in these areas and we're investing in these areas and, and support staff and everything, which is a breath of fresh air. You know, you're not, you're not worried about things that you can't control. We're worried about what we can control on the field, which is huge. Bucks coach Richard Whiffen also described the improved mood in camp. Really buoyant. The girls have really bought into to what the coaching group of, you know, the environment and the philosophies that we're trying to put in place. And obviously success breeds that confidence. And I, I think we've got a very confident group that want to prove to people that we're going in the right direction. What pleased you most about that performance against South Africa? A convincing win in the end, but a feeling that you probably left three or four tries out there in the first half in particular. We explained in our review, we're almost uh, like a 90% team. So 90% of the things we're doing is, is spot on. You know, we're, we, we had 25 entries into the South African 22 and, you know, it's almost unheard of in, in terms of the amount of entries, but obviously we only came away with, with the four scores. So there's a lot for us to work on, but our, our build-up play, the amount of ball movement that we're seeing from all numbers, one to 15, is impressive and, and we're, we're challenging the opposition in a lot of facets. So the pleasing thing is our ball movement and our ability to, to get into the 22 and, and just that 22 efficiency is, is the area that we need to work on going forward. And how promising and reassuring is it then that you're winning these games, but you're also sat here telling me you've got plenty to work on? Yeah, you know, it's it's a good place to be. Um, we'll review every performance critically, you know, win, lose or draw. So and the girls are really buying into that and, and taking the things that, that we are reviewing into the next game. You know, there was a step up from Japan to South Africa and um, we hope we see the step up from South Africa to um, Canada this week. A much bigger challenge against Canada, third in the world. I think I watched the game on the weekend and they were probably a match for England up front. What are you looking for out of that performance? I imagine result great if you can get it, but what are, what are the targets going into it? Well, I think it will see um, how we stack up against, like you say, one of the one of the better teams. I think going in there with two wins, the girls will be super confident. We know that the way we're playing and our performances to date will challenge uh, Canada. Um, and we just want to see how long we can put them under pressure for, you know, ultimately we play as well as we have the last couple of games and take the learnings from, from our reviews. There's no reason why we, uh, we really can't put them under pressure and, and get the result. Have you changed anything in particular since you've come in or, or was it very much your focus to kind of find out where they were and then add to it? It was almost seeing um, what level we could get to with the girls, what skill set they had and what they'd done previously. I kind of wanted to give them a nice, easy framework to play to. And our, our sort of mantra has been almost trying to express ourselves within our framework. And that's something that, that all the girls have done. And I think you can see from, from our performances, but also the little bits of attack. We, we put both teams under a lot of pressure with the ball. And that's credit to the girls buying into to what structures we've put in place. Scrum half Kira Bevan's back after two years out with lockdown and then injury. We'll walk down memory lane with her in a bit, but first, how's she looking forward to facing Canada? I'm really excited. I, you know, I spoke to a couple of girls on the weekend and I think you know, this could potentially be my fourth time playing Canada. So, yeah, I'm really excited. So I think, you know, me and Shewan, you know, we kind of know what they're about. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of, you know, fresh faces since that World Cup in 2017 and, watch them perform against England on, on the weekend. And, you know, I, I think that's a game that we can really target. You know, there's definitely areas there that we can exploit. And I think it's just a really exciting prospect for us to see what we're against against a, a very good Canadian side. 
the first game against Japan. Um, I think that was your first game in over two years, wasn't it? So how, how does it feel to be back playing for Wales? Yeah, it's great. I, I love it. Um, yeah, it was it was nice to get back on the pitch after, you know, what was, you know, obviously a, a layoff with COVID and then, and then back-to-back injuries. So to get back on the pitch and to be playing alongside these girls is great. And, you know, that's why I put all my energy into. So, yeah, to be back on the pitch and... I think singing that anthem, it's just, it gives me goosebumps now thinking about it. So, yeah, I really enjoy being back out there with the girls and excited to go again, hopefully on the weekend. And can you pinpoint any changes, like big or small, you know, since last time you were in camp to now? Obviously, the last time I was involved, obviously, um, you know, we still had Gary Lewis involved and, you know, he, he's great. So um, I, I just think the level of detail that we have now, you know, we go into each each game with areas that we that we want to exploit, and with and Johan and, and Gera, and they they you know they give us clear comms on, on what we're setting out to do, and I think that's been massive for us. There's no um, miscommunication anywhere. You know, each individual knows exactly what they need to do as a team. We we know what we need to do, and it's just then about us going onto the pitch and just doing our jobs, and 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 hopefully then getting a result from that. Right. And a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to um, Josh Adams and he, um, I didn't know this, but he said you used to live a couple of doors down from each other. Yeah, his house is literally there. Um, <laughs> um, I know I said, yeah, I could literally see his, his old house now. Yeah, him and him and his brother, you know, were very similar ages to, to me and my brother. So, yeah, he, we literally live on the same street. So we And there's a park just up the road. So we were always out playing British Bulldogs and stuff on the grass just up there so yeah I know Josh quite well so yeah it was nice to do that shoot with him as well for the kit launch yeah yeah he's a great like great lad yeah so it was nice were you just treated like as one of the boys really you know it wasn't like one girl and three boys it was just four kids playing rugby sort of thing yeah you know I've I grew up with you know Matthew Aubrey who's contracted with the Ospreys as well he him and his his mum and my mum are best friends as well so you know I've always been surrounded by rugby boys then if if you like and yeah, I, I love it, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> now the Principality Stadium has been chosen as the venue for the 2023 World Wheelchair Rugby European Championships Division A tournament. As Great Britain enjoys a period of unprecedented success, victory in the last three consecutive European Championships and an historic gold medal win in Tokyo at the 2020 Paralympics this summer, of course. So the vision for the event is clear, to deliver the best European Championships ever. Great Britain Wheelchair Rugby's new Chief Executive, Jason Brisbane, enjoyed his first visit to the iconic stadium. Obviously, I know the history of Principality Stadium being a, you know, an incredible stadium based in Wales. Um, this is my first time being at it today, so really, really excited. It's an absolutely stunning stadium and to be able to host a, a European Championships here and the actual type of event we're going to run with it as well, I think it's going to be an absolute game changer. So really, really excited for the future of this. Give us a picture of what the stadium will look like. We're looking out at the moment and the standard grass rugby post each end. How different will it be for this event? The way it's going to work, I think there's going to be a portion of the stadium that's essentially going to have a walls built around it, which will then be the main seating areas and will have a purpose-built wheelchair rugby court on the floor as well. And the, the roof will be shut of the stadium. So, yeah, a stadium within a stadium, I think, with an extra piece outside, I think it's going to be really pushing the boundaries of what can be done in stadiums. So I don't know anywhere else that has done this as well. So this is going to be a really exciting few years to see how, how we're going to go about pulling it off. Because in the past, there's been places like the Copper Box, mm-hmm. large indoor stadium, but not this large. 
No, def- definitely not. Um, yeah, this is again really pushing the boundaries of, of, of the sport and, and what you can do within the stadium. So yeah, if we can fill it, great. But I think we'll have an opportunity to not necessarily have to fill 70,000, maybe a bit less than that. But hey, you know, we'll, we'll see how many people we can get in. When you're taking it to European level and saying we want to host this and making the bid, how important was it to the bid to have a unique proposition, have something different that you could put across here to take to them? It was really important because anyone can put on an event in a regular venue, a regular place, and I think what the organisers really wanted to see is a nation that was really trying to push the boundaries and really trying to put wheelchair rugby on the map as an innovative sport, as an inclusive sport, and a sport that is great for spectators. And I think this bid has hit all of those marks. How much of a boost has wheelchair rugby had since the Paralympics, where GB, of course, won the gold medal? Oh, it's been an absolute game changer. You know, I think, you, you know, for, for me starting in July, speaking to people, there was a few people that heard of it now, but, you know, the, the Paralympic final was watched by a million people. So you can have a conversation with most people in the street and, and someone knows somebody that was either watching it or was really engaged with it. So it's done a huge amount for the sport. So we're hoping that we can just really just keep riding that wave all the way through to the Euros and, and generate even more excitement there as well. And it's important that you have the Paralympics and that burst of publicity. It's important to have that carrying on in the three years, 11 months in between, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And so what we're going to try to do is we have our domestic international competition that we host called the Quad Nations. So we'll be looking to host that um, next September as a bit of a build-up to the Euros and that will be hosted in Wales as well so again really having those additional touch points on the, um, on the way to the Euros so that you know we stay front and centre of people's minds. I'll whisper this quietly but if you have a base it's probably at Twickenham with the RFU. How have you found the Principality Stadium and the Welsh Rugby Union as a place to come and work and, and a group of people to come and deal with? In my short term here is it's all just been fantastic you know they're what the Welsh Rugby Union especially at a community level what they do in terms of inclusion um, and wheelchair sports and actually really trying to engage young people is absolutely fantastic and they've been immensely supportive so can only expect more from the future and really looking to just cement this relationship you know going into the future. Great good luck with it. Excellent thank you. With that event 18 months away, we'll hear much more about it in coming weeks on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of reaction to this weekend's internationals next week, so listen out for that. But until then, goodbye.